Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Fran, I did a poll in August before I finally decided to do this. I spent a lot of money on it. And the number one issue was crime at 66%. You know, I did a poll four years ago, crime was number one, 37%. So it's almost doubled. And um, I think that's probably a, a reflection across the city. Hi everybody, I'm Franz Spielman. My guest this week is a former Chicago alderman trying to make a political comeback while overcoming some very unique, personal, challenging, and somewhat scandalous circumstances. Former First Ward Alderman Joe Moreno. Thanks for joining us, Proko. Thanks so much, Fran. It's great to be here. Nearly four years ago, you lost your city council seat to Alderman Dan Laspada. After that demise, you faced a personal and legal crisis that nearly cost you your freedom. And actually, the scandal began before that. You were charged with multiple felonies for falsely reporting your car stolen when, in fact, you had lent it to your girlfriend. You were also charged with drunk and reckless driving after crashing into eight parked cars on a Gold Coast street. Talk about self-destructing. What was going on in your life at that time, Joe, that led to that ultra-ambitious politician that you once were? and appeared to have a very bright future, almost just throw it away. Yeah, thanks again, Fran, um, for having me today. Um, that actually um, uh, happened uh, before that. Uh, I had a um, pretty tragic thing, uh, and it was in the uh, the paper a couple of weeks ago. Um, a dear friend of mine and a, a precinct captain friend of mine actually uh, uh, killed himself when he was on the phone with me in, um, in, on Mother's Day. Um, and that's not an excuse at all, Fran, um, but it, it was a trigger for me. I never handled that in a healthy way. Um, in fact, I handled it in a very unhealthy way. And until I went to recovery in 2020 um, is when I, I you know, changed my life and when I, I started handling that uh, in the correct and healthy way um, in the mental health uh, way uh, that I had not done before. And none of that is an excuse. And I don't deserve a gold star for, you know, going to recovery and getting and going through that. But that led to me making some very poor decisions that you talked about in your um, question, personal decisions um, that led to, you know, I lost my election because of, of me, because of those uh, poor personal decisions and uh, the state that I was in at the time. 
um, uh, on the legal sense. However, all of those um, charges were dismissed, um, not off my record. I wasn't convicted of any of those charges you mentioned, except for I did get a misdemeanor, one misdemeanor DUI, but everything else has been dismissed. Um, but again, uh, I own that. Um, I own that situation and don't make excuses because if I was not um, um, in an unhealthy and abusive, uh, having abusive behavior uh, with alcohol, hard alcohol, um, I wouldn't have uh, put myself in a situation where I then got caught into those uh, legal situations, even though everything was dismissed. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this. After losing your seat, you pled guilty to charges in both of these cases. You really had no choice. They pretty much had you dead to rights. You were given second chance probation for the first case and community service and court supervision for the DUI. You got a huge break there. What did you do with it? How have you changed and reformed? And if so, in, in what way to prove to yourself and to the people who love and support you that this will never happen again? Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the things that I did prior to all that uh, voluntarily, I mentioned in your last question was, you know, um, owning up and, and voluntarily going to, owning up the fact that I had had a problem and um, going to um, recovery and, and going through a seven-week program that changed my life. And again, I, I want to make clear I don't deserve you know, a, a pat on the back or a gold star for that. It's just something that I had to do. Um, I was approached a year and a half or so ago um, by constituents um, that, the, to say the least, were extremely disappointed in the, and were encouraged with the current leadership, uh, automatic leadership, and encouraging me to run and asking me to run. And I spent the last year and a half meeting with people, talking about my story, owning it. and um, and it's gone, you know, very well. I mean, we did so many great things together in this community and to see it stalled at best, going backwards at worst, um, I just can't sit back. And um, but I needed to get some things right in my life with my mental health and with my, um, you know, going getting going through recovery in my personal life um, to get back to the, the place where I was. Um, as you said in your intro, um, wanting to lead this, uh, the community, wanting to work with this community and do the great things that I, I did for almost 10 years. Um, but it was, again, my fault, my challenges to why I lost that election. And I own that, not anybody else. You were only addicted to alcohol or were there drugs involved as well? No, just alcohol. And how was that? Did you go cold turkey? What was the program like? It was very revealing, uh, Fran. Um, you know, I'll be, you know, it was uh, at the Hazleton, Betty Ford. Um, oh, out in California? No, no, it was, there's, it was, well, oh, there's, there's one a, here? Yes. Um, and, you know, I'll be, you know, going into it voluntarily and, 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 I, I'll admit the first meeting or two, the first day or two, I was reluctant, not reluctant, but I was uh, a little, I was pessimistic that it was going to, you know, go anywhere. And I met some of the, the greatest people that I've met in my life. And um, of all, you know, stripes, colors, uh, incomes, um, going through, you know, similar challenges that I did. Um, uh, and 
you know, and you know, it's a rotating program, of course, you know, people are coming in and, 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 and matriculating out. And unfortunately, you know, about half the time people are dropping because they're, uh, they relapse and, and things like that. Um, you know, I became our team leader towards the end. And, 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 you know, I said, when they give you a nice little send off, you know, I said, you know, I'm one of the most hard headed people there are. And, and if, when I started this program, if someone told me, um, that, um, I would miss the program when I was done with it and that I would, um, it would change my life. I would have, if someone told me that when I started, I would have said, you're crazy. And, um, and that's the power of that. Um, a lot of work you've got to put in, but you've got a lot of support and, and, you know, eyes wide open because it was men, women, you know, gay, straight, uh, African-American, Latino, white, a lot of money, not a lot of money. Um, it was all over the gambit of, of people that, um, were struggling. And, uh, and so, um, coming out of that, it, it, it really opened my eyes to, um, you know, how to move forward with my life and live a much healthier life than, um, I had been since, um, since that tragic day when, uh, uh my friend took his life when I was on the phone with him. You you, all, you always hear the expression, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Is that true? Is it a lifelong struggle? And if so, how do you deal with that? Um, I'm not quite sure that that is um, the situation. Where the, yeah, I, I, do a, I do a program called Recovery Dharma, um, which is recommended by one of the programs recommended by um, that, you, not pro, that you continue to do. Their meetings are similar to AA. And you really focus on um, what, what you, what you're abusing and why you're abusing it. So in recovery, there are folks like me, um, that were hard alcohol. There are folks that are on, that are addicted to, um, that are going through, um, you know, have quit on drugs and things like that. And, um, really more of a Zen, uh, Buddhism, uh, approach at it. And, um, but it is something that is a day at a time. Um, I'm very lucky, Fran. There are, uh, unfortunately, some of my friends that I've met through that that have significant cravings for whatever their, um, you know, whether it was alcohol, drugs, or whatever that they abuse, that they have significant physical cravings that they have to go through. And I, I'm just very lucky that I, I don't have that happen. Um, where do you love. take all? I mean, you're an energetic type A personality anyway. Where do you take all that energy? Where do you channel it? Right. So I, I don't know if you're a call friend, but I used to, you know, I thank you for the compliment. I, you know, I, I, I well, I mean, you, you're with you for five seconds and you know it, you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, well, a, well, it's not a, it's an, it's not, it's an observation, you know, anyone would well, see well, you. Well, we were that. pretty much, well, we were pretty much seatmates for 10 years. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. I had the first ward and you had the first seat or second, whatever seat Fran wanted, she got in the, press box which is usually the first or second one if i recall uh so yeah we're pretty much seatmates um you know and then before 17 um before you know i started uh, abusing alcohol you know i had you know i was a i was an avid you know workout once sometimes twice a day um you know did marathons and all the rest and so you well, back to that now yeah yeah so i just uh um 
I just, well, I can't do marathons anymore because of, uh, you know, I was a wrestler my life, whole life. My back's finally telling me not to run, even though I love to. So I took up cycling. Uh, I live by the 606. So it's my gym in the summertime. Um, I have a Peloton and, and I, you know, I was still working out, Fran, when I was um, boozing is what I call it. Um, but the workouts were weak and they were just getting through, you know, a, a workout. They weren't like the workouts that I had before that. And not like they are now. So it's just, you know, being able to channel that and 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 then cha- the challenge of taking up cycling, even though, um, you know, I was a runner. I mean, I, I love to run. I just my body's just and I'm not I'm not the, the guy I was 15 years ago physically. But I'm still in the best one of the best shapes of my life. But um, cycling doesn't impact your back or your knees. And so doing 21 and 28 miles uh, a morning. Um, most mornings and then doing a, a light one in the, in the, in, you know, 10 miles and seven or 10 miles in the evening. It's just really, um, it's been a blessing. And I, I bought a, uh, a Peloton for the, uh, when the weather gets bad and have, have working on that when it's raining and, uh, doing a lot of that, um, in my life. And it's, it's been great. Now you've blamed the suicide of your close friend for in 2017 for this downward spiral. The friend was first ward laborer Joe Montaner, I believe is that the correct spelling, or the correct Montaner. I'm sorry. Yeah. What did he mean to you, and what happened to cause this kind of a self-destructive reaction to the point where you nearly threw your life away? What happened with you? Who was he? Why was he so important? Tell us all about that. Sure, friend. Well, I don't. I'm no. I want to be clear. I don't blame, blame that or put it as an excuse. I just, you know, in recovery, we talk about triggers, and that was that was a trigger, um, a, a big one. Um, the Montana family um, has been a, uh, in Latino politics way before me. Um, when I became alderman, I knew his older brother Pete, and I still do. Um, uh, in fact, the, the family was at my, uh, kickoff announcement, um, for my election, this one currently. And, uh, back to that, you know, Pete came to me and said, you know, I know my brother Joe's, uh, looking for a home. Um, they were big time involved in HDO, Northside HDO, Puerto Rican. Uh, and he said, you know, he's looking for a political home. And I said, well, yeah, have, let me meet him. So, uh, I met Joe and we're talking about an energetic, amazing, hardworking, just amazing guy. Uh, but that was back in 2011 and, and he would kind of disappear for a week or here. And ironically, um, he had his issues with, uh, abusing drugs and alcohol. And I got him into, uh, a pro free program. Um, and, uh, I was hoping he would stay there for the three weeks and he stayed over a month and came out, uh, clean and sober. Um, he used to call me every Sunday and thank me for saving his life. And I always used to tell him that I, I did not, that I, I opened a door just like we all have in life. So he went through it, the door and, and, and completed it. Um, I uh, helped him get a, a job in the private sector as a bricklayer. That was his trade. He got his family back um, and he was on the straight and narrow. Uh, but he did have some mental health issues that we knew of. Um, and then um, his uh, adult daughter, Gina, uh, uh, who I've been close with, because he got his family back, you know, he took care of the grandkids, her kids, and 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 she kind of, you know, monitored and helped him with uh, his medications and, and whatnot. Um, 
excuse me, I'm take a drink of water. Um, he so showed what up happened on, a, on Mother's Day 2017? Right. I mean, how did it come to that? So on the Saturday before that, he came, as always, to an event I had to volunteer. And, and he was he was just off, Fran. I'm not a professional, but, but off, not not um, not drunk or high, just mentally, just there, he was off. Um, and I, and afterwards I called his daughter and I said, Hey, you know, your father was here. He just, he seemed off and things weren't, you know, he said, no, they, they changed his medication. So, um, we're, we're monitoring that. I said, okay. Well, was he bipolar? Yes. The next, okay. yes, he, yes. The next day he called me, it was mother's day. So it was, uh, the one day I don't get really bothered as alderman and, and my daughter at the time was, um, 10. Um, 10 or 12. Anyway, she was with her mother as she should be. So I was running errands. It was a beautiful day working in the backyard and whatnot. And, and he called me, which is not rare because he called me every Sunday. Um, and he told me what he was going to do. And it, I was on the phone with him for 15 or 20 minutes. And my whole goal, Fran, was just to get to w find out where he was because he was on his cell phone. Um, he told you he had a gun, right? Told me he had a gun. He's going to do it. I'm the only one that loved that me, Joe Moreno Proco, was the only one that loved him. I said, that's not true. Um, just, you know, that he asked me to take care of his family. I said I would. But I, but Joe Montana, I can't take care of your family as well as you. You know, I pretty much have the gift of gab, Fran. So I was doing everything I could. To, I was playing bad cop. I was playing good cop. I was trying every angle I could to not have him do this and to tell me where he was, which he would not tell me where he was, um, but that I was the only one that loved him and, and all of these things. And, and then finally the gun went off and I was screaming into the phone and his name and you know, yelling Joe and, and, and there was no answer. And, um, did and you hear the it, gun go off? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh and my he, God. What was, was, Oh my God. You must've replayed that conversation a million times well yeah so that's kind of to what you said is um you know i didn't you know again <clears throat> i don't i want to be clear i'm not i'm not making blaming this and saying see this happened and so just forgive me i mean i'm just saying that this recovery talk about triggers it I, I i didn't sleep um i had nightmares and i blamed i just blamed myself and and then you know when we showed up you know, because we were on the way to, I was on the way to his house, and then, then he was, we found had found out his daughter finally called me back, and he was at the hospital. So we thought maybe he was playing this sick joke. No, he was out front in his car, and on his car he has magnets that said, you know, Oliver Proco Joe Moreno. So the press mm -hmm. came, some the local press, not um, and and the police beat us there by about five minutes. His daughter found him, you know, unfortunately, and people came. So I had the police asked me to help them to disperse the people in a, in a nice way because, you know, no one's going to see anything that's in a crime scene. So it's going to be eight to 10 hours. And, um, you know, so playing that leadership role and then not having, then not dealing with it myself and um, dealing with it by, you know, just abuse it alcohol so I would forget about it, you know, every night. So I, but I mean, I, I not to be judgmental, but, I could see myself or I, I can see it just from my detached position as saying, gee, you saw the destruction that alcohol and drugs did. 
to somebody else, you would stay the heck away from that. Why did it drive you to that as opposed to away from it? You know, I don't really know if I can answer that, Fran. I, 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 I can only say that, um, that uh, it was the way the unhealthy and the incorrect and the wrong way of, of dealing with it. But, um, um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's what I did. That's what my head told me to do. And, and, and physically then, you know, when you get addicted and, and I, I, I obviously regret um, choosing that or having, you know, cho- chosen that. Um, did I it run in your that. family? Did you have addiction oh, yeah. and alcoholism run in your family? Of course, of course. But yes, my. Who, who was it? Was your parents? Uh, not my, not or... my parents. Uh, my gr- uh, grandfather, my aunt, um, a sibling, um, yeah. an uncle, and you know, uh, again, when you know, when you know, it, it, it sounds really trite, Fran, and I. But when I started recovery, um, and I'm helping a couple of uh, younger men right now. Um, you know, I, I really didn't, I, I, I thought I needed to do this, but I, I really didn't, I wasn't that optimistic and I didn't think it was actually going to, going to change, you know, help change my behavior or change the way I was. And, um, and again, I don't want to sound trite, but, um, it was very impactful. And, um, and now it's up to me to, it, you know, it's up to me with, this, with support and, um, I think everyone needs support in those situations if they want to continue to be successful. Um, and I still think about Joe Montana all the time, but I, but I don't think of him, I, I think of him more in a, in a way that I celebrate him rather than in a way of, um, you know, blaming myself and rerunning that, that terrible day in my head. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, it's not that I just forget about him. I still re- remember him and, um, and, uh, but I, I remember him in a, in a more beautiful way of the beautiful person he was. The guilt than, is gone. The guilt is gone. It, almost, almost all of it is gone. I don't know if it all a hundred percent will gone, but it, it definitely is significantly reduced, um, the guilt in dealing with that, um, that tragic day. So why do you want to return to the city council and reclaim your old seat, particularly at a time when 15 of your former colleagues are running for the hills instead of running for re-election? They've either left already or they're not running again. This is a toxic time to be in politics. Yeah, that's a good question that I get. Um, I would say that if I wasn't approached um, by significant stakeholders in the ward over the last year and a half um to come back um i wouldn't you know i wouldn't be i wouldn't be i wouldn't i wouldn't be running again um i i don't disagree with your with your entry at all uh but um you know to see all of the things that the the community and i accomplished especially on the public safety front um in this ward um go to waste um to see the ward stagnant at best going backwards in a lot of ways um i i just i can't i can't sit by on the sideline and and, and not get back in and and hopefully get reelected and and work on uh some of the great th- continuing the great stuff that we did together with our schools um with the 
the public safety with the police, working with the police, not trying to defund the police, you know, actually funding them fully um, and getting back to, um, you know, a sense of security. I mean, Fran, I did a poll in August before I finally decided to do this. I spent a lot of money on it. And the number one issue was crime at at 66 percent. You know, I did a poll four years ago. I'm surprised it's not 96 percent. Right. Well, four years ago, crime was number one, 37 percent. So it's almost doubled. Double. Yeah. And um, I think that's probably a, a reflection across the city, um, because if we don't have the basic safety standards, we're going to have challenges. We need a, we need a strong, well-funded police force. And there's a lot. This of is a ward that includes Logan Square, Wicker Park, Humboldt Park, West Town. What would you do different on the crime front? Well, the first thing an alderman could do is do no harm. You know, not sign on letters to defund the police, not sign on letters supporting the looters doing, not the protesters, the looters during the you know, the George Floyd riots. You know, not have your chief of staff tweet out that. All Chicago cops are pigs, and and you don't disown that. Um, that's that's what you believe I'll, that La Spada has done. I don't believe that's those are just facts. Um, you know, black and white. And then you know we we had I used to Fran, I used to like be lobbying the Emanuel administration all the time for more police. And when we got two or three in the twelfth or fourteenth district, which covered the ward, you know, I would. We would announce that, say, hey, we've got three more officers coming. We've got two more coming. We've got the Wicker Park detail, which was a, covered the, uh, the entertainment area, which is gone. You know, we used to, I lobbied for and had a beat cop on Chicago Avenue and on, on Damon Avenue uh, on the weekends, especially, that would actually walk the streets that knew the businesses and, and whatnot. You know, um, I used to go to court and advocate uh, when uh, they were kept releasing a gangbanger um on an ankle bracelet and, and all hell would break loose in the West Bucktown area. Every time he came out, I went to court as the alderman and, you know, took the stand to, to um, argue for him to stay in. The defense attorney, of course, went at me and that gentleman, uh, gentleman, that that man that stayed in until his day in court and the neighborhood had peace. You know, that stuff does not happen in, in, in the first ward. Now, those things don't happen. I used to do drive arounds uh, at midnight um, routinely with my commanders pointing out areas of concern that came to my office and they would point out things that they were doing, working collaboratively with the police. Now, I'm not, you know, it's not a panacea. Uh, I'm not, you know, a Batman, but all those things I mentioned that are small, they add up to a safer uh, ward in their safer neighborhoods. Um, says you're a talented guy. There are a lot of things you could be good at, but that public service is not one of them. He says what he understands about your character in office leads him to believe that there's no reason to believe that you've changed and that he doesn't want the ward to go backwards. Uh, he has made c complaints and in the past did in the last campaign that you were too cozy with developers. What about those things and the fact that he says you haven't changed and you can't you can't convince the voters that you betrayed that you have? I don't I don't take anything that his comments. He doesn't know me. And yeah, he, he's been um, I don't take what he says. I take what my constituents have said that I've experienced. 
um, him as alderman for the last three and a half years. I take their comments uh, significantly <laughs> with more weight than anything that he would have to say, um, period. And they would not be approaching me uh, proactively over the last year and a half um, if things were uh, moving forward in our ward. It just wouldn't. They would, they During your tenure as alderman, you were incredibly active and ambitious. Some would say brash and overly aggressive. You led the way in championing the sharing economy, car sharing, home sharing, ride sharing. You championed the cause of private booters, patrolling private lots, helping them boost their fees. You said it was easier to do that than get your uh, car towed, which is an issue again now before the council. You also pushed to allow food trucks to stay in one place for six hours. You were the prime mover behind the seven cents a bag tax on plastic bags, which, by the way, hasn't worked too well. Um, what would you do with uh, another chance? Well, the, the, I mentioned a couple other things. I was the first. I was the. I also was the uh, champion in introduction of the first fifteen dollar minimum wage. We settled on thirteen. Um, I also uh, was a lead sponsor. Uh, of the earned sick time ordinance, some very progressive ordinances. Um, and I would say one of the most progressive ordinances that's oftentimes it gets overlooked, unfortunately, was a John Bird's reparations ordinance, um, uh, which gave, um, you know, $10 million fund to those men that I was friends with that I've known since five I, and a half, five and a half million, five and a half million. The other, the other was for, uh, for the, counseling, the education yeah, and the pre-education. Yeah. And unfortunately the, uh, the memorial, uh, uh, that has Which not hasn't happened yet. yet. Right. Yeah. So, um, Daryl Cannon, you know, I, I, I used to visit, you know, death row in my late twenties, early thirties when I was on a, uh, the board of the national campaign and the death penalty that also, which we okay, finally so got Okay. So what rid would of. you do with another term? Another yeah, chance? My, my point is I would, I would, you know, those things that you mentioned at the beginning are all small and important things. Uh, but citywide, um, there are, still many you know progressive things to do i also was one of the leading aldermen myself and burnett in bringing affordable units into the ward under the aro um yeah so uh, so what know. give us so a I, quick I, I, rundown I, I, of that, some that of the things that happened. would be your had, priorities i brought 168 units in four years and this is the city statistics and in the last four years someone that's so-called is an affordable housing champion has brought six you know, Give us a I quick want, rundown of what are the things that would be your priorities and things you want to do if you were to give, be given another shot. Number one is, is public safety. From day one, talking about the things that I've already talked about with you, so I won't repeat them. That's got to be number one and have actual results and actual, um, you know, have actual uh, you know, police on the ground respecting them, funding them appropriately so that my residents, our constituents feel safe and we can build on that and start building, you know, much, much more infrastructure that I brought at Clemente High School with a new field, at Wells High School, at LaSalle 2, at uh, Goethe, at Chase School. All of these schools that we put, that we put resources in to uh, their infrastructure, and I'm talking millions of dollars, Fran, this is not chump change. That has not happened in, in the 12 or so schools we have in the new first ward. So the number one thing is public safety. The number, the number two thing is um, going back and getting those dollars to our schools that we haven't had in the last in the last four years. 
And then we have to look citywide, okay, at, at our priorities and how we're going to actually expand the affordable housing that we did in the right way and support development. You can do both. I did both. I have a record of doing both. And if we don't have development, right, community-driven development, then then cities become stagnant and end up like Detroit, even though it's on its way back, but it went through a terrible time. And um, my fear is with people leaving the city and leaving the neighborhoods, that if we don't address it immediately, then we're going to find ourselves in that situation. And will you be endorsing Lori Lightfoot for re-election, or do you think she does not deserve a second chance? There's, there's, there's so many candidates in the race right now. I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on the first ward. Um, there'll be time to, there'll be time <laughs> to decide that. That's a know. punt, a well, political I I punt. I don't know who's going to be. There's people that that are saying they're running but haven't announced yet. I mean, I have yeah. a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends that I served with that are either running or. If Chewy runs, you'll be with him. I take it, right? Won't you? Again, I, if if. Maybe's I, I can't act on that. What I can say is okay. that, um, you know, I, I, I am fo- focused on the first warden and, and we have time, Fred. We have time to, to, to make a decision on, on the mayoral. OK, Joe Moreno, thank you so much for being honest about uh, your troubles. And uh, we'll see whether your first board voters are as forgiving. And it'll be an interesting race no matter what happens. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you all next week. Thank you, and I look, I look forward to being your seatmate again, friend. 